Welcome to You Might Relate, a podcast where we take relationships and mental health to the next level. I am Stacy Heaps, a licensed clinical social worker, and I have been practicing therapy for the last 15 years. There are counseling concepts and stories that I am excited to share. When we know better, we do better. Together, let's get to a place of radical acceptance of where we are while improving relationships and tackling life's transitions, one therapy concept and one story at a time. So let's get started to see if you relate. Hello, welcome to You Might Relate. It is Valentine's Day week. Some people love it, some people hate it, and some people are indifferent to it. Whatever it is, wherever you fall there, it's okay. Do you like your reason for feeling whatever way you feel about it? So if you love it, do you like your reason for loving it? If you hate it, do you like your reason for hating it? And if you're indifferent, do you like that reason? Let me ask you this. If you're one who hates it, is it because people do not do what you want them to do on this day? Maybe it's too commercialized, or maybe they should, especially if we're talking about Valentine's Day, maybe people should show their love every day, 365 days, and not just one day. What's your reason for hating it? What are people not doing that you want them to do on this day? If that is the reason, I do want you to turn, well, I mean, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do, but let's say it's because you would like to receive flowers or a card from your loved one on Valentine's Day. If that is the reason you hate it is because they do not ever give you flowers or a card or make it a special day, I want you to try to turn that holiday into something else. Make it your day. Imagine a dream day within reason because of whatever your circumstances are. And how would you spend your time? What would you do? What would you be thinking? And try doing that. Commit to yourself that you will have the day you want to have. Do what you want to do. I mean, like this Valentine's Day, my husband and I were like, what should, what could we do? And We both are working and there's not really, we both have obligations that day, so we're not going to not work. But within that, what can we do to make it a special day for us? What could we be thinking? What could, I guess I'm just saying, I try on these holidays to commit to having a great day, to making the most of whatever that day is. And maybe that is hating it for you. Like if you want to hate it and that's like your thing, then go for it. But if you're hating it and you don't like your reason for hating it, you could think, I'm going to have the best Valentine's Day or I'm going to have the best Mother's Day or birthday or whatever holiday it is and commit to making it the day that you would want. And then if someone goes above and beyond what you've already committed to, then it's bonus. But other than that, you've created the day that you want to have. So maybe you want to make yourself a special breakfast or get a special drink or write yourself affirmations, take yourself out to dinner or to lunch or spending time with friends. I don't know. Just giving you some ideas. But don't make other people 
have power over that day for you. You have power over that day for you. And now some people argue, well, if they really knew me or if they really were thinking of me, then they would buy the thing that I would actually want. It is punishing them and yourself when you say they don't love me or they don't care about me. And also when you do that, you are not being loving in that moment, right? When you are doing that, you're not being loving. So what you're accusing them of, you're actually now being. It's not that they don't love you or don't care. Don't dirty it up with they don't care about me. It's not about the gift. It's about the relationship. Okay, oh my word. I just went off. I don't even know how many minutes that was. But what I do want to talk about today is the topic of what I like to call tornadoes. I guess that topic could go into this topic, actually. But let's talk about tornadoes. I call them tornadoes because they're either little or big storms that every couple has in their relationship. They're little disagreements or misunderstandings, different points of view that can escalate and it can go from hurt feelings to a real big wound in the relationship. And you know it's a wound when neither of you really want to approach the subject because there doesn't seem to be a resolution and there's emotions and sadness and frustration and it comes up every few weeks or at least every few months. Now, if you have these tornadoes in your marriage or in your partnership or in any relationship that you have, I promise you are not alone. I usually actually tell couples that they have two or three tornadoes that are just low-key brewing most of the time and then there's usually one bigger one and I'm usually right about that so in your mind I want you to think of having a whiteboard and a black marker and you're going to start off at the bottom of the whiteboard and do like little swirls up and they're all connected it's going to look like a tornado at the end okay and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then stop And then in the middle of that tornado, you're going to get your red marker and put a heart, draw a line out. That heart represents a request. That's right. In this tornado, in this little disagreement or argument, there's a request. So many couples I see will do this thing where one partner does something that triggers the other partner. That partner starts the tornado. And so we'll call it the complaining partner. I'm just trying to differentiate. I don't mean that they're a complainer. I'm just saying at that moment, they're the ones that are complaining. And then the listening partner tells the other one that they're overreacting, which they might be, or that they're making accusations that are not true, which they might be. And the listener also might tell the complainer that they are being completely unreasonable, which they also might be. So the listening partner basically holds a mirror to the one who is complaining, who is emotionally charged and says, look how ridiculous you're being. You are totally overreacting over this little thing. I'm trying to sleep or I'm in the middle of my day and here you're coming at me with all this stuff. And actually, once you hold a mirror to it, it just escalates and becomes even a bigger tornado. 
But sometimes they might say, okay, you're right. I'm sorry. I overreacted. And there's some kind of a repair, but actually the tornado will happen again and again because we didn't get to the root of the problem. The complainer might have been emotional, but then we focus on them being emotional and we never get to the bottom of it. Kind of like, okay, men, (laughs) I know like four men who listen to this, which I love them. I love you men. It's like when our women are on their period and they bring something up and make a fuss and then you look at the calendar and you're like, oh, it's because they're on their period. But let me tell you, the period is just truth serum with a little courage. It's just a bold way to tell the truth. It's not that the thing that we're talking about isn't true. It's that we were more emotional when we said it. But then what happens is we focus on the delivery, on the emotion instead of on the root of it. And that's why tornadoes keep happening over and over and over again. And they can even get bigger and bigger. And they actually can cause wounds in the relationship. So if you find yourself in a tornado over and over again, I suggest that you work together to solve for what is at the heart of it, which is the request. The complainer might not even know what their request is, but with both partners, and of course, again, this could be in a relationship, an adult child to a parent, a colleague, a sibling. I'm just using the partners as an example. You have the listener who feels justified. They think they're perfect angels with a halo around their head because they are showing their partner the mirror to their crazy, to their big emotions. They've gone crazy. They've gone mad. They've gone a little cuckoo. And I'm over here keeping my cool, showing them how crazy they are. But I am calling BS on this. If you keep finding yourself in the tornado and you are so smart, do not use they are crazy to not deep dive to find out the real issue. What are they really asking for? Is it connection? Is it understanding? Is it empathy? Is it time with you? Is it reassurance? Maybe there is an attachment wound that you can work on together. Maybe therapy is the answer. Maybe an online course. Maybe a book. But it is self-righteous, and I know these are strong words, but it is self-righteous of a partner to take the stance of, I don't know why my partner's going so crazy, and you're, and you're showing them in the mirror. Like, look what you said. Look how you're acting. I don't know why you're acting this way. And you're focusing on the way they're approaching it. I kind of get it, but if you want to be smarter than that, because you already think you're smart and that your your partner is crazy. I promise you that's not how it is. And that's not how a therapist will see it either. Instead, I want you to get curious, put your defenses down, put that mirror down and learn about it together. So let's go through some examples because I love examples. Alex and Jamie. Alex is woken up in the middle of the night by his wife crying 
and shaking because she does not feel that Alex loves her or thinks that he is attracted to her because if he did love her, he would have noticed she was sad earlier. And if he were attracted to her, he would have wanted to have sex with her. And instead, he just rolled over and went to sleep. This tornado has reared itself in their marriage for 14 years. Alex isn't doing anything wrong, right? There's nothing wrong with him wanting to get some sleep. He did all the things that husbands would do. He kissed her goodnight. He made sure he, the kitchen was clean. The house is locked up. He did all the things. And then he says, goodnight. I love you. And rolled over. He didn't do anything wrong. So then she comes to him crying. You don't love me, blah, blah, blah. And now he's like, girl, you are crazy. Look in the mirror. What is happening? Why are you doing this to me? Like, I kissed you goodnight. I said I love you. I did all the husband things. And you are acting crazy. It's not like we never have sex. And he's thinking to himself, this is her wound to fix. Why is it that every two months she acts like this? It's not his fault his libido isn't the same as hers. Okay, so... That's one way he could approach it, and that's the way he has been approaching it for years and years. Or he could get to the heart of it. What is she really wanting here? Most of the time, it isn't even actually sex. She wants connection. She doesn't know that she wants connection because she's thinking, well, I feel connection when we have sex. She wants to know she is important to him. Here's the thing. So that's the heart of it. At the heart of all this, if he were to put down, and and I know I'm sounding harsh, like that self-righteous, those self-righteous glasses, just put them down and instead have empathy and understanding and try to get to the bottom of what is really, what is she really wanting? So we don't have to have this tornado over and over again. So instead of Alex getting defensive or leaving the room or Jamie leaving the room, it would be wise for them both to acknowledge that this tornado is hard and that they will put in the time in the next couple of weeks, you know, even daily for the next couple of weeks to discuss it, problem solve it. And when they are, but this is the key. You don't want to problem solve it when you're stressed, tired, or hungry. So you want to make sure that you've eaten that you're not stressed and that you're not tired. Otherwise, these kind of conversations just go sideways. In this scenario, it might be a combination of Alex seeing a doctor to get his testosterone level checked. It might be asking each other what connection means to each of them and how they can purposefully make connections with one another. And it might be learning one another's love language, going to therapy, reading a book, taking an online course, talking, 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 not shoving it under the rug. And I know that with Alex and Jamie, they came up with kind of a schedule and how a routine could be. And in fact, it wasn't just that she wanted sex. It was that she saw that other men do really nice things for their wife in order to get favor to have sex. And so it's like they are 
going above and beyond to please their wife so that their wives will want to have sex with them. But she didn't feel that he was going above and beyond. He just would, you know, kiss her goodnight. And for her, it became also seeing she didn't marry another guy. She married Alex. And so what story is she telling herself? What dirty story is she telling herself about her husband? Because, you know, comparison is the thief of joy. When we compare, especially our spouses, when we say, well, the other wives do this or the other husbands do this, you're going to kill joy. You're going to kill your marriage. So you don't want to do that. You want to say, let's look at us. How do we function? How do we work? How can we create connection? It's going to look different than everyone else. Okay, so that's vignette number one. The heart of what Jamie was seeking was connection. That was the heart of their tornado. Okay, so vignette number two, we have Todd and Maya. They have been faithful goers to their church and practicing believers in their home for 30 years of marriage until a few years ago. So they've been married 30 years, about 27, 28 years of marriage. Maya had a shift in her faith. She no longer wanted to go to church on Sunday and she didn't want to practice some of the things that they've been practicing in their home due to some cognitive dissonance and some hurt that she had. So she says that she will go with Todd to church and he does want her to go, but he also doesn't want her to go because he knows it will cause her to be even more hardened against their religion. And she would like to do activities with him on Sundays that do not involve church, but he does not want to do those things as he does not think they are proper Sunday activities. Both of them feel like they are disappointing the other one. Like, oh, you'd be so much happier if you were married to Mary who goes to church. Oh my gosh, you would be so much happier if you were married to Joe who doesn't go to church. Again, looking at other couples and comparison is a thief of joy. So what is at the heart of their tornado? What did they both need? I mean, we'd have to ask them, but I would like to presume that in this case, they both are at the heart of their tornado. Their request is, please understand me. Please have empathy for where I am in my life and on my journey right now. They're both requesting it, but they're not budging. They're not willing to see the other person's point of view. They're not willing to have a lot of empathy. And this topic takes, actually, I would say probably just as much as the sex one. It takes a lot of time, lots of talking, lots of empathy, possible compromising and respecting one another's point of view, really respecting and acknowledging and being in the other person's shoes, what nourishes one person can really bother and trigger another person. And so you really have to get to a place in this instance to not want to change the other person, but have respect and empathy. And I think that in this case, this is what they're looking for. And if they can't do it alone, then they need to go see a therapist or do all the things that we already said go to therapy, learn one another's love language, read a book, take online course, 
And you cannot shove that under the rug. That is going to just rear itself over and over and over again. It's going to be a tornado that gets bigger and bigger throughout the years. Okay, vignette number three. Diane is a concerned mother as she watches her adult child's parenting style. Diane is a proponent of strict discipline and structure and finds herself at odds with her child's more lenient and permissive approach to parenting. She often clashes with her child over matters of rules. She feels frustrated and powerless as she witnesses what she perceives as a shortcoming in her grandkids' upbringing. The ongoing disagreements strain her relationship with her child. Okay, this is actually a trick one. This one is really easy. Unless the daughter is living with her mother, a good rule of thumb, a good rule, period. Never give your adult children advice unless they ask for it or unless you ask them for permission. You had your chance at raising kids and now they get their chance. Now, you can set boundaries, which are not threats, not ultimatums. It would just be boundaries for you, like maybe the, one of the things that Diane doesn't like about her daughter is that she doesn't give her grandkids a bedtime. And so then her daughter asks her to watch her grandchildren, and the mom can say, "I'm fortunately that doesn't work for me. It makes it harder for her to put the kids to bed if the kids don't have a regular bedtime. Does that make sense? Or she could say, well, that's fine, but I put the, if I do babysit, then I'm going to put the kids by, to bed by eight. Is that okay with you? She doesn't have to say, well, I would, but you're a terrible mother and you don't have a bedtime, so I'm not going to babysit. That's not how you respond. <laughs> you just say, that's not going to work for me, or... It will work for me under this condition. So that's how you do that. Being critical of your child does not do anything productive. Even when they're younger, it doesn't do anything. But for sure, when they're adult, if you're overly, if you're critical at all, it doesn't even have to be overly critical. If you're critical of your adult child, what does that do for you? Does it bring you closer? Do they listen? Do, are they like, oh, Oh, I get what mom is saying now. <laughs> no, they don't. They are adults. If I thought it was productive, then I would tell you to always speak your mind and give advice like you wouldn't believe. You can be a listening ear. You can be a support. You can say, would you like to hear what I did? And if they say no, then you say, okay. But you can do all those things, but do not give unsolicited advice. So if you're a mom, you have, and your kids have a grandma, so it's either your in-laws or your mom, and you feel that they're overly critical of you, at the heart of that tornado, they're probably just trying to be relevant in your life. And they love your kids, and they want your kids to grow up to be productive citizens of the of the universe right so that would be their request and your request might be let me do it how I want to do it let me let me do this so yeah there is 
there is a heart to that tornado and how you solve for that is you never give them advice and if you feel like your parent would give good advice or that and they are a safe person to ask for advice and you think that they have your best interest in mind and you think they have sound advice then go ahead and ask them because they do just want to be relevant and feel purpose and loved but also if they are overly critical and that is what they are what's on their mind and what they share, then you do need to protect yourself because no one needs overly critical people around them all the time. It doesn't feel safe. It doesn't make you feel comfortable. It makes you tense. And I mean, it takes a lot of effort to not be tense and to just be comfortable around them. So, but look what each other's request is and see if you can meet that request. Okay, so the last one is actually brought to you by a YouTube video that I saw a few months ago, and it was circulating, so you might have seen it if you watch YouTube videos or if your kids show you YouTube videos. Okay, so this YouTube video was a man whose neighbor was constantly coming over to complain about his bright lights on at late at night and the loud music. And she came over often and knock on the door. Excuse me, but your lights are on too bright and they're shining right in my room. And he would say to her, I can't remember. Let's just say her name is Dorothy. Dorothy, it's eight o'clock. I think I can have my lights on on my porch until at least 930. Remember, I went and hung that shade in your room so that they wouldn't be bright to you. But... Nevertheless, in a couple more days, excuse me, but your bright lights are on. And so he did what I'm talking about. Here's this tornado. She keeps coming over repeatedly with the same complaint. And he saw through it. He said, oh my word, she's lonely. She is looking for community. She's looking for neighbors. She's looking for company. So then he changed it. Instead of arguing with her, he said, Dorothy, would you like to come over here and rock on the rocking chairs and drink a lemonade? I mean, I'm not sure if that's exactly how it went, but I'm just making it up. And then this Dorothy was taken back and and then that's what she did. She would come over and sit with him and then she didn't have to come over and complain. She could come over and just sit and drink lemonade and she probably brought cookies sometimes and they became really good friends. And so I know that that's not the exact video, but you get the picture. If someone is complaining and complaining and complaining, what is at the heart of their request? What's at the heart of that tornado? It is always a request. See if you can be a sleuth and figure that out. And it'll make your life so much easier as far as that relationship goes. Life is still going to be hard, but it will make that relationship a little easier. And it's kind of fun to figure stuff out like that, right? Oh, my word. I, I am a little psychologist, and I just figured out what their, what their request was. And so I just thought that would be a valid topic this week since it's Valentine's week. And I know Valentine's will be over by the time you listen to this, but the week still counts. Think about how you can get to the heart of your tornadoes. You are smarter than you give yourself credit for. You can do it. I usually tell you not to assume, and I still stand by that, but 
make an educated guess and then ask the person, is this what this tornado is all about? And here's the thing, whatever their request is, if you try to meet their request before they ask for it, that tornado never happens. So going back up to our vignette with Alex and Jamie, if Alex figures out that what Jamie needs is connection and every night he makes it a point to figure out what Jamie's love language is. So let's just say Jamie's love language is physical touch. And every night he gives her a little head massage and hugs her extra tight and tells her he loves her and gives her, you know, like, I really appreciate how you worked with this child tonight. And he sees her. And so he does that before she has the chance to get into that tornado again. Man, that's so awesome, right? And then it's not even about what they thought it was about. It's not about the sex or that he's not attracted to her. That was the emotion. That's what she thought it was about. But that's not really what it's about because then they figured it out. And then Todd and Maya, they can figure out how, what would mean a lot for you still believing and practicing in a church? And what what would mean a lot for me? Like, how can we show each other love and stay and have a strong marriage and still be connected by respecting each other? and they do those things, then there's going to be no tornado. And if Diane's daughter were to call up Diane and say, hey, mom, I'm wondering what what's your take on eighth grade math or I don't know, whatever you want to get advice from. So she does feel relevant or and is relevant. And also then mom on the same token can tell her daughter, you know what, we might do things differently, but you have my support and I'm proud of you for being a mom and for, and she might, you know, you got to be careful not to say lies. And I think you're doing a great job with your children if you don't think you are, but, you know, let me know if you ever want some advice or let me know if I can ever help you in this specific way that, that Diane would feel comfortable in helping her daughter with. So then again, you're meeting their request that the other one might have, right? And so that is the therapy moment for today. Help your loved one be successful in requesting what they want and then have them listen to this podcast so they can help you be successful in getting what you want. Hope you felt love this week. Hope you gave yourself love and grace. Next week... Oh my word, I am so excited for you to hear an interview that I had with an author who wrote a book that will be excellente for you to read with your teen about mental health. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited about it. And then the next week after that, take a listen because we are going to talk about how to parent teens. I love it, love it, love it. Thanks for listening. If you leave a review, it would mean the world to me. Also, if you have a topic you would like to hear, then email youmightrelateteam at gmail.com. Or if you would like to be a guest, also email youmightrelateteam at gmail.com. Have a good one. Talk to you next time. 
Thank you for joining me today on You Might Relate. I hope this topic brought understanding and insight. And if you can relate to something in today's episode, subscribe and leave a review. I would love, love, love to hear your thoughts. Also, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at You Might Relate Podcast. And be sure to share this episode with your friends. The more understanding we create, the better we are as humans. You are in charge of your day, so go make it a good one. Catch you next time.